Welcome to Let Go Lean In, a podcast of resources for your journey of transformation. What kind of transformation? The wholehearted kind, personal, professional, and spiritual. Each week, you'll hear different transforming practices to help you on your journey of becoming more fully you. We'll hear from others about their own journeys, learning to let go of habits and patterns that no longer serve them, and how they're practicing leaning forward to the wise woman God has designed. I'll occasionally include a book recommendation because, well, that's part of how I'm wired. I love ideas and encouraging others to learn and grow. Thanks for being here. Well, welcome friends to another episode of Let Go Lean In podcast. And today I have the privilege of introducing you to a now in real life friend, Jem Fadling. Jem, welcome to Let Go Lean In. Well, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. It is such such an honor. Well, for those of you that haven't been acquainted with Jem and her work, let me read to you her official bio. Jem Fadling, CLC, is a founding partner of Unhurried Living, a nonprofit that trains people to rest deeper, live fuller, and lead better. She is a certified life coach and a trained spiritual director who coaches women at the intersection of spiritual leadership and soul care. Jem is the host of I Can Do That podcast, as well as the co-author of What Does Your Soul Love? Eight Questions That Reveal God's Work in You, and author of Hold That Thought. I love this book. Sorting Through the Voices in Our Heads. Follow Jem on Instagram at Jem Fadling. And listen, people, you're going to love this conversation. Jem, thank you again for being here. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't wait to dig in. Yeah, this is, there, there are so many directions that this conversation could take. And yet I really would love for you to kind of give us a launch pad as to how you came to the work that you are currently doing. And I know that's a long runway and there are lots of, you know, places that you could stop, but maybe, you know, the highlight points and, you know, maybe a pain point, what, however yeah. you want to present that. How'd yeah. you get it, here? That you're right. That is a fully loaded question because, you know, everybody, <laughs> it's my life story, right. That brought me to where mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how it works for all of us. All the parts, all the pieces, all the people. Yes. All the yeah. things God did in brought me to right now. So let's just yeah. get that out. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you where, if I go back to what I call the beginning of this stream that I'm in, mm. you know, this sp- spiritual formation, spiritual direction, I was in my mid twenties and I was already starting to have this sense of, is there more than this? Cause I, I was in the church mm. Um, I was married to a pastor. I was working full time, um, in, I had my own job and I did back in the day. Now this is the eighties, right? Yeah. I did was doing the pastor's wife thing, a lot of hats, but no children yet. So lots of energy to burn, Mm -hmm. but I already remember I was 26 and I was, my heart was calling out for something more in relation to God. And it was at that time that, um, 
I credit, I fully credit God for bringing some mentors um, into our, our life. My husband and I have been partners in ministry for in various ways over the course of our whole marriage. Right. But these mentors came in and they introduced me to John 15, the vine and the branches. That was the turning point for my, for me, mm. um, remain in me and I will remain in you. Right. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah. And I don't know, but I, that was then somehow my life's call or mission. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I believe you. What, what does that look like then? You know, and whether I was doing it consciously or unconsciously, that truth has been the undercurrent of how I live my life. I check in with God and I make sense of my life based on what I perceive God was doing at the time to the best of my knowledge, you know, when you're in your twenties or thirties at the time. So that was a big turning point for me. And, and at the same time, there was a team of them. One of them also taught solitude and silence. Oh, and so important spiritual formation practices. I think it's one of the most important of all of them. I wouldn't say it's the most, I don't know what the most important was, but I would definitely say it's one of the most important. And it's definitely for me, uh, shaped me, formed me. I have met God in the quiet, in nature. Mm. And there's something about the way God has made our bodies and our minds and our hearts yeah. that setting aside time like that is, it's just transformative. It just is. Mm-hmm. So that to me, that was this beautiful, big, sort of a Christmas gift of a start, right? where I'm being taught these beautiful truths that are lifelong lasting. And I'm being taught this practice that's so transformative. That was, that was my turning point. I love that. And, and transformation and, and you write about that so beautifully and speak about it as well is, is a journey. It's a process. It's not, from this point, suddenly everything unfolds in a way that now I'm able to sit in silence and solitude and or walk by myself for an hour and enjoy every breath that I take. It's a process. And and so to that end, having those early gifts, your formation also allowed you to, to learn in that process what to set aside in different seasons. That's that, that wisdom of being quiet. You can, you can hear what God is, is saying to you. If you were, if you were to identify for the listeners, a way that, and of course, I know the story because I've read the book and all of you need to get a copy of it because it's so good. But a, a pain point that is more recent that you have really seen as, as an inflection point that has formed the work you're doing today. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, what that's a, that like? that's a, that's another um, question that I can dig into. I'll, I'll try to be brief because again, the story's in the book, but let's start with this. I have struggled with anxiety for my whole life, as far as I can tell, as far back as I can remember, I remember being nervous or anxious or worried. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there was one point in my earlier, I was, I don't know if I was maybe in my thirties. I remember thinking this was my thorn in the flesh. Uh-huh. 
this thing that I couldn't get rid of and it was just going to be attached to me. And I guess that's it. That's how it works. I'm just going to be anxious about everything. Um, of course, that's not true. That's not what happened. God was very gracious again over the course of my life to bring different people and therapists, spiritual directors, my own meeting with God to bring healing in various levels, various ways. Mm. And yet, just a mere four years ago, <laughs> we were three years into Unhurried Living, which is the organization my husband and I co-founded. And uh, we started it in our early 50s as sort of that, you know, that big, beautiful second half of life. Yeah. Um uh, pouring your life's work into that's what unhurried living is for me. I'm just sharing everything I know yeah. with, you know, anyone who will listen. Yeah. And so, but when you're starting an organization, there's a whole bunch of things that have to kick in, right? Because mm -hmm. you're starting from scratch, you have to build a platform and all those buzzwords. Um, and for about the first three or four years, I was winding myself up into anxiety because I was worried about what was or was not happening right? or who was finding us and who wasn't. Or was this good enough? Was it perfect enough? Was it, you know, all the things? Yeah. Yeah. So once a year for about four years, I ended up sort of in a moment of um, exhaustion and anxiety. And when I say a moment, I mean, maybe two to four weeks, I would catch myself. Oh. I would, I, I wasn't, it wasn't out of control, but my body was talking to me. Oh, right? yeah. You're really tired. I mean, upset stomach whatever's going on with my shoulders, not able to sleep, all of that. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm pushing again. <laughs> so work it through with all my spiritual practices. I did that three years in a row. The fourth year, I know this is embarrassing because I just told you, oh, God's been transforming me my whole life. And I've overcome anxiety, you know, over the course of my journey. And yet mm -hmm. I'm still a human being who's got some triggers and perfectionism and mm -hmm. um, achieverness, you know, oh, yeah. ambition, which again, not necessarily is that bad, but when you add the stress and the pushing and the worrying to yeah. it, it takes its toll. So the fourth time this happened, um, it was beyond my ability to manage on my own with my spiritual practices and my prayer and even talking with my husband. So I called my former therapist. And uh, for a checkup, I said, I, there's something going on here <laughs> and yeah. I can't get it to stop. Right. And, and he helped me and I turned a corner with that. But the big, bigger part of the story is what happened next. Did you want me to, to go into that? <laughs> no, actually, I, I want people to want to read. Okay. Because, because the way that you tell the, the circumstances and describe the experience, I, it's so beautifully written, Jim. I felt I was sitting with you, mm. seeing the places, uh, feeling the climb, all of that. It's yes. If you're listening to this podcast, you need to get this book because you, you write in a very beautiful wordsmithy kind of way, mm. for lack of a better way to say it. And I want to affirm something about your formation any of our formation that ties back to that beautiful gift of learning John 15. I'm a gardener by hobby, not by profession. And I will tell you that you, you are closest to the gardener in the pruning process. Mm. And a vine has to be pruned 
annually. Otherwise, it won't grow deep and it won't bear much fruit. And pruning is the painful part for the plant. And if we are a part of the plant, we have to be pruned. So there you are. It is so true. And and I won't spoil the story, but just to tease you into it, I will say yes. that um, I, I went into the next few months with a really heartfelt prayer, asking God to show me a new way, because evidently I was driving myself into the ground in an unhelpful way. And God was faithful in a very brief amount of time. He answered with a flourish, which is what Lisa's talking about. God really answered with a flourish. And the lessons that I learned, I have upheld me to today. Yes. I have not stressed myself in that same way since then. Now, that's not to say I don't still get tired because I'm aging. I'm fine. Yes. <laughs> I am, I'm realizing thing toward entropy, right? <laughs> right. So I can still, I can still exhaust myself here and there, but as far as that stress or anxiety that pushed me up against a wall, that has not occurred since then. And to be freed from something that you have had as a recurring pattern to be able to learn, see and learn a new way. Because we first have to have eyes to see and ears to hear, and then change takes place. Although God is absolutely powerful enough to just say, okay, Jim, you're done and move on. That (laughs) isn't usually how the patterns change. It's, It's by our recognizing and asking for, for legitimate help. And I love that you can see and experience that change in these past four years and the work that you're doing now, specifically building up others so that they can lead themselves well. Can you speak to the work, not only that Unheard Living is doing, but also you through your um, spiritual direction, your soul care coaching. I love that you have coined that phrase. It's just, it's perfect. Yeah, I, Someone asked me yesterday if I made that up and I said, I doubt it, but I'm, I'm one of the few people that I've heard of recently that's using, it. I like it. It's, it's the best of yeah. both. Cause I am a certified yeah. life coach and, but longer I've been a spiritual director for 15 years, maybe more. Oh. And so I love spiritual direction, but I'm also a cheerleader. <laughs> yeah. And so coaching just came naturally in the more recent history and I put them together, but here's the thing. The thing about unhurried living is it's a paradigm. Mm -hmm. You know, do you believe that you have time for what really matters? And that's a big sort of a meta question in this culture right now. Absolutely. Because we're racing around anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. and overwhelm are statistically scary for good reason. We all have regular lives with enough hardships. And then we've had the last couple of years of the pandemic overlaid on the whole thing, right? It's a lot of stress for everybody. And so one of the things I like to talk uh, to the women that I work with about is it's never been more important for you to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And it is not selfish. It's not self-centered. It's necessary. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's the great commandment, actually, right? We've got, there's three parts to the great commandment, even right. though it says there's love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. That's right. So there's three, there's three involved here, God, others, and me. Yes. Yes. And I think especially in the second half of life where I am, um, all of those parts have become more and more critical. And it's really a, it's an, it's a flow, mm. right? God, I receive God's love. We love because he first loved us. Yes. yes. I am loved. I am cared for. I am seen. And I nurture that reality by what I do, the practices that I enact. And then that fullness then overflows to other people. So usually we think about somehow we get love from God somehow, and then we also pour out to others, but there's this missing link of this fullness that I'm receiving and then offering. Mm -hmm. I think that's a little bit of a tweak on the image of it. Don't you? I agree. I, I love the, the reminder that we can't just be about doing good works without first sitting, being still, and receiving. Because you can't give what you don't have. That's that's just that's impossible. So that's just that is a beautiful reminder that it is not selfish. It is not self-centered. You are not neglecting. You're preparing when you provide time in your day to be alone with God, to be filled up before you go out and, and even during the day. I mean, I, I was stunned in recognizing at one point in life that our time is present. We're given grace, energy, light for this moment, not for four o'clock this afternoon. I mean, you know what you're going to be doing at four. I have a sense of what I'm going to be doing at four, but we're not there. We're here. And that's how God equips us. It's moment by moment, light for my path, right? Light for the next step. And, and I love that you are helping women see the gift that it is first of all from God to them, but then to others. And it's undoing, right? It's undoing some of the cultural messages. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yes. And I think you can go straight to the gospels. I don't know if you've watched that show that's out now, it's getting more buzz. It's called the chosen. I haven't, I've, I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. Yeah. Yes. So it's a beautiful depiction of the gospels. Yeah. You know, of course they're taking artistic license because they're trying to fill out the storyline of what it might've been like to actually live then and actually right. walk through a day with Jesus or oh. inner. So what I'm loving about it is it is, um, Jesus interaction with people that he's healing is just mm-hmm. so profound. And I think it underscores it's different than reading black words on a white page. You're watching someone speak the scripture. Yeah. You're watching a person, you know, on a screen, of course, but stand up and walk. Mm. And there's something that that's doing inside of me. So again, when we're talking about spiritual practices and everything along the journey, bringing you to a certain point, it isn't always just the classic things that we think I am formed when I'm taking in any form of beauty 
goodness and truth, Mm. right? These are the transcendentals, goodness, beauty, and truth. When you think about those, don't you go, yes. When you're hearing truth, you just go, yes. Mm -hmm. Or if you're standing in front of a waterfall, that's just pouring out and the pounding sound, something is forming you right then. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. And it goes exactly with what you're saying about presence. If I can be present to that waterfall, Mm-hmm. Can I be present to the truth I'm hearing right now and let it go into my heart? Goodness, watching someone else do good or me doing good at all. God has made our bodies so that all the good, um, whatever hormones get released so that oxytocin mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Just by watching someone else do good for someone else. Yes. We get a little jolt of some goodness, beauty, and truth. And I'm watching this happen in this show. Um, this is the flow I'm talking about. These people are with Jesus. They're taking, well, they're taking the time because some of them are can't walk, or the woman at the well. Right. I mean, oh. the woman at the well is having this gorgeous conversation, and Jesus is setting her free one sentence at a time. And when she's done, she's running away from the well with her arms in the air, and she's oh. saying, This man just told me everything I ever did, you know, and she's joyous and she's running down the mountain toward the city and she's going to tell everybody, guess what? See, that is God loving me, me receiving and me overflowing. And so I think even just a renewed love of the gospels with a different eye, Mm -hmm. how is God pouring through Jesus? into the person what happens to them and what's the fruit yes we could live that way yeah yeah we can you know earlier on you mentioned the the beauty of how god has made us head and heart and body and we can live differently if we practice paying attention right? To, to the signal, you, you talked about what's happening with your shoulders. And, and there are so many ways that God gives us n- gentle nudges. If we pay attention, then we're not stumbling headlong because we didn't you know see what was right in front of us. I love your, your practice. Another reason why I want people to get your book is because everything is practical. This, you know, we talk about these these high ideals of spiritual formation and, you know, the spiritual formation practices, but you present the very real struggle that women, I think, I'm sure men do too, but we're women and we know what it feels like to have all these thoughts that are competing for attention and competing for um, dominance. You know, the the way that it's like, oh, do I listen to this? Oh, I better do this. And, and our, <laughs> it's like the the stirring the pot and everything is, is getting mishmashed, but you're so practical in teaching people, presenting this opportunity, teaching people what to do about that. Would you mind just briefly talking about NDR? Because this is, I think, a a game changer for people as they're figuring out, how do I know what to do? And I keep 
you know, dealing with this thorn in my flesh because I can't get past this, whatever. I'll stop talking. Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. It's a great practice. Actually, my husband, Alan wrote a book called an unhurried leader, and he introduced this very brief spiritual practice. He called it unhurrying your thoughts. Yes. Um, and he, it was just a little bit in his book. Well, I took that idea and I pulled it out and I renamed it NDR and I blew it up really big in my book because yeah. I think it's a very important and very usable practice yep. and it's flexible. It can work in the day to day, a quick pivot of a thought that you want to have, or you can hold the process over years as you, cause some things are harder to change, right? Yes. Yeah. Some thoughts, some patterns are very old mm -hmm. and embedded and we need help and it takes a long time. So yeah. but I think it works yeah. for those. So all that to say NDR stands for notice, discern and respond. And I like to talk about NDR at the same time as I talk about the image of an inner dining table, mm -hmm. uh, just to help sort of, um, get a metaphor to go with it. So notice again, it's very practical. I'm a practical soul. I don't apologize for that anymore. Cause here's the thing. It's one thing to know something. It's another thing to believe something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to behave a certain way based on what you actually believe. Yes. And, but I think God is gracious enough to allow us to be human beings and to make our way into that. And so that's where I like to talk is, okay, so what does that really look like for me today? Right. Yes. What does that mean? I I'm, I'm so beyond theories, you know, yeah. what, how does this work? So notice, notice is very practical. What we're asking you to do is just see. And sometimes we're moving at such a breakneck pace that we don't even take the time to pause and notice what's happening inside of our brains or our hearts or right. our guts or our bodies. Okay. Can you just notice, mm -hmm. oh man, I've got an upset stomach. Now it might've been because I ate something weird or I might be burying a little bit of grief or mm -hmm. sadness or anxiety. I don't know where you're you know, it, where things embed, I yeah. tend to carry stress in my shoulders. Mm -hmm. I tend to carry it right here in my forehead. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes yes, if I'm very anxious, I'll get an upset. So, but what I'm saying is pay attention. Yeah. Are you sad today? I don't know if it's going to show up in your body for first, or if you're going to notice a thought or maybe a feeling, whatever it is, right. See it. That's the first invitation. And I've worked with women before who have said just noticing made a huge difference for them because they stopped acting as though they were just trapped all the time by whatever was happening. It's like, right. oh, this is right. happening. I could now make a choice. Yeah. Yeah. So notice, That's and then so discern beautiful. is taking the time to discern. So let's go back to the inner dining table. You remember the old fashioned rectangular table? Right. The dad is at one end and the mom is at the other and the kid are on the side. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, in our own lives, we sit at the head of our own inner dining table. And if you want to have Jesus in a chair right next to you, that's great. Some people have said they love Jesus sitting at the head. But for this conversation, in your life, you basically are the head of your, your dining table. It's like you're the one driving your own car, right? right? Right. Same idea. What you're doing when you notice is you're looking at your inner dining table and you're seeing if you're still sitting there. Because what happens usually then is one of the voices is sitting there instead. <laughs> so when I was getting in trouble, 
I had two people sitting at the head of my table. It was the stressed achiever and the inner critic. Yeah. Oh man. And (laughs) 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 stressed achiever and inner critic at the same time is quite overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. So if I can look at my dining table and go, oh, wow, look who's sitting there. And, but you don't judge or condemn or shame. You just see. And when you want to discern, because the second, the D is discern. I I can now walk over because I evidently acquiesced. I gave up my chair. I can walk back over to the chair and say, "Um, I see you. Thank you so much for how you've been helping me to manage so far. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take it from here. And so then you invite the stressed achiever and the inner critic to just sit at the side of the table and then you sit back down and, and maybe you don't know what to do next. That's fine. But at least recognize that you have a choice. Yeah. They don't get to call the shots. You do. So you can say, thank you so much. What's going on. I can see that you're very stressed. I can see that we're turning a little bit critical here. And then now you're having, you're having sort of a dialogue. You can pray this out. You can talk it with a friend. You can journal. Right. But just get, there's so many ways to discern, but get curious and start asking yourself some questions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then a response. Usually the R is response. Usually a response emerges as a fruit of seeing and discerning and pretty much in your, when you get yourself in your right mind in the present, you go, um, I don't want to act under stress or under duress anymore. So I'm going to make a pivot here and I'm going to say out loud to myself, I think I'd rather move forward in peace right now. And I'm going to make my best effort to do that. And you can even say to the inner critic, I know it's not perfect. I do. I know it's not perfect, but how about this? I'm going to do my best right now. And I'm going to trust that when I offer my best with um, a sincere heart, Mm. that maybe God will bear the fruit. And then I can just let go of that. Yeah. So these are the kinds of things I say to myself. Right. And I've noticed as I've practiced this, I do make that pivot a little more quick because I don't like to be under the critical thoughts. They're so non-helpful. They're not creative. Right. No, they're constraining. Right. Yes. And it, and in, in all goodness, it's originally there to keep us safe. The way that God has wired us has is is complex and so this is not bad or good this is what it is and then we're given the gift of agency right we can choose what to do with it sure we can stay in that mental you know mishmash and other people are driving our actions and reactions or we can go through a very practical process and start to make changes it's you don't have to have degrees and you know theological depth of understanding this is very practical and and it spells out you know that passage is it second corinthians that you know take every thought captive to the obedience of christ how do i do that here's how Here's one. It's here's I at least it. one way. Yeah. For and sure. you know, be transformed by the renewing of your yes, mind. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I love that. And and our thought lives, um, we can put on, you know, a great face, but we're tortured inside. 
And so many things, the stresses of the world around us, you know, how we hold that changes how we are in our circumstances. And so learning how to see something, acknowledge it, and then, you know, just make that discernment. How do I respond to this? Holy Spirit is there in a breath always. And we can learn to partner with the creator of the universe to move forward into the world with, with grace and love that that's his desire for us. Right. So, yeah. Oh yeah. It's so, so true. true. It's so good, Jim. And I, I am so excited that, that InterVarsity Press is giving the listener an opportunity to have a discount of purchasing your book and all of that information is going to be in the show notes, but also that there's going to be a chance to have um, like a drawing and I'll put all that information out there for you as you listen. But I just love the generosity of your spirit for the women that cross your path. And in this digital age, that's around the world. And what a gift of being alive in this time at this place this is your esther time oh well i i hope so i i just know this i i have a longing Mm -hmm. to encourage women to just be on the journey that i've been on because i've it's been a hard journey we could all tell our sad stories and the things that shaped us and all the prunings yes and yes and yes and sure but for some reason, God has placed in my heart a love of the process. Mm-hmm. I love the process of transformation. I don't always love an anxiety attack or, mm, yeah. you know, pain. I had nerve issue once. I mean, there's so, so many stories, miscarriages. We all have our list of things that have pruned us. Oh, yeah. But who I am now, she made her way through every year, through every trial, through every season, and all the versions of myself have brought me to now. Yes. I'm encouraged by that. And that's, I feel like I just want to be wind beneath the wings of other women. It's like, hang in there. Yes, it's tough, but we are making progress and God is faithful. And it's not just a Hallmark card. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of of the gray hair that we both are revealed to the world. And this is, I I think that piece of authenticity, no shade on anybody else who chooses to color their hair. But I think that being in this season of life is really such a gift of awareness and ability to encourage. Yep. This will get better. Yes. You, you have opportunities. I had a woman at a retreat pose the question, what kind of old woman are you growing? And it landed on me because I was 39 and it was soon to be my 40th birthday. And of course, that's the end of life as we know it when you turn 40. (laughs) So 25 years ago, that question started forming me in deep ways. And so much of what you have already shared has been an element of my own, like, well, what does this look like, Lord? Kinds of questioning. 
and he is faithful and he does delight in equipping us so that we can be encouragers into the world. So thank you so much for this time of encouraging the women who are listening to this podcast. I am honored to get to share this time with you, but also to magnify your work into the world because people need to know about what you are doing and what you're offering as well as unhurried living because you are coming alongside those who are in ministry and working in often thankless roles that the people place expectations and how do they get filled up and so here you are with this beautiful formation process as well as retreats. And so all the links are going to be there for you. If you have heard a nugget that you want to cling to, you'll be able to go to letgoleanpodcast.com and find those pieces of information. Jem, thank you so much. And I look forward to more conversations in the future. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Well, my dear listener, I hope you enjoyed hearing my conversation with Jem Badling as much as I enjoyed actually getting to speak with her. What a delightful human. And in addition to hearing about her book, you, the listener of Let Go Lean In podcast, have the opportunity to purchase both the ebook and book from InterVarsity Press for 30% off. Now, amazing, such beautiful generosity. So here are the details. You will need to use the code LETGO22 at IVP so that you can receive the discount. In addition to that generosity, they are going to send a book to one lucky listener who participates in the online drawing and you will find all the details of how to do that on my Instagram account for let go lean in podcast so that's the handle on Instagram let go lean in podcast and I will run a little bit of a giveaway there and one lucky listener will receive a book from InterVarsity Press, Jem's latest book, Hold That Thought. Isn't that exciting? I love it when organizations are so generous. So if you forgot this, if you don't have a pencil to write down the details, all of these details will be in the show notes for this podcast episode at letgoleaninpodcast.com. And I will also put it on the Instagram account as well. I hope you take advantage of this as a beautiful Christmas gift opportunity. And it's available. The discount is available to you between December 6th and December 20th. So there you go. If you have any questions, just reach out. Thanks again for being here.